Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. worse 
over the years, you know, that they have really gotten completely out of control. And it it just shows such a different, you know, light on how we're being treated, how we're being looked at as civilians, as people. You know, police brutality has always existed. That That's not something that is new. However, the blatancy of it now, the brazenness of it now, this police officer, his own body cam caught this occurrence. Now, either you were so wrapped up in what you were doing that you didn't even remember that the, your body cam was actually going on recording what you were doing or you just didn't even care that it was on. Now, either way, we got a problem. We got a problem. And we just really need to, you know, keep this lifted before the Lord, you know, to really... Just cover us, cover us, and take, you know, this here, and 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 just put this under his control, because and it's not that it's not under his control now, but you know what I'm talking about, you know, really, just man these people and put them in their place, because clearly, the powers that be are not doing it. This particular uh, police police officer, he was only sentenced to one year and one day. Now, had that happened to just between two civilians, chances are that would have been addressed in an entirely different manner. So, we really have to keep this entire situation lifted in prayer because these people are straight losing it. Oh, we couldn't finish our Monday morning without the switch with Shantice. Thank God for sustaining you. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, was that appropriate for Monday as we, you know, again, think back on how many people not only lost their lives, but God saved. Our own Pastor KL said that, you know, that particular day, he was late. He was running late. And, you know, God sustains us in so many different shapes, forms, and fashions. And we have to really, really give him thanks for all that he does for us on a regular basis because if it were not for him, we wouldn't be here. We would not be here at all. We wouldn't even be here mentally to continue to endure a lot of this stuff that goes on. You know, whether it's your job that's, you know, you know, driving you crazy, whether it's your spouse or your children or a relationship or just life, 
that weighs you down, that we give God thanks for just sustaining us. And, you know, it's not good enough, not good enough to say, you know, I think about God and I pray and I give God thanks for my life. And No, it's more than that. It's more than that, my men and women. We must serve God with every breath we have. You know, I heard somebody tell me the other day, you know, Steph, I don't, you know, I, when I when I come to the Lord, I, I don't want to, you know, halfway do it. I don't want to put, you know, uh, I don't want to have one foot in and one foot out and Man, do you realize that we always got one foot in and one foot out? That's us. But it's the Lord that keeps both feet in. And I need you to think about that thing for a minute. We we, we may feel we have it all the way, especially when we first start. Especially, God needs you to bring that one foot in. Yes, he needs you to bring that one foot. Because it's going to be him. It's going to be him. It's going to be him that pulls that other foot in. See, we don't have the capability of putting both both feet in. I don't know. We, we we just give ourselves a little too much credit. No, we don't have that kind of ability. We need God to drag that other part of us in. And it's with his strength that all of us <laughs> come to the table. We don't have it. We don't have that kind of strength. If we did, we wouldn't need the Lord. So, you know, when they said, oh, you know, stuff, I, you know, I understand, you know, I got to have it all there. And, you know, you, you spend a lot of time explaining to people, you know, don't don't wait for your ability. Don't wait for your strength. We don't have the ability. We don't have the ability to get that done. You know, people want to wait till they stop drinking and smoking and, you know, clubbing and, you know, sleeping around and eating. No, don't wait. Because God could close your eyes while you're trying to get it done. So give that job to the Lord. You just bring what you got to the table. So if it's that one foot, bring that one foot and give that one foot to God. And he will help you do the rest because you don't have the ability to bring that extra, that, that, that last foot over. No, that other foot is always on the banana peel. Trust me when I tell you. And, and, and those of us who you say, you know, oh, they have it together, you know, they're doing the thing. and uh, Without the Lord, we wouldn't be doing anything. We would not be doing anything. Thing at all We just don't have That level of capability A lot of us are Just holding on 
even with both feet in. That's why I'm telling you, you ain't, you, no, it, it listen, you're looking from the outside. You have no idea what's going on on the inside. People are struggling because I'm going to tell you something. As long as you're giving your life to the Lord, the enemy is going to be picking at you in some area of your life. Some area of your life, he's going to be picking at you because he's trying his best to pull you down. And let me tell you something. There are people who throw in the towel. Yes, I spoke to a person who was a pastor, and, you know, he was had given his life to the Lord, and he, he told me out of his own mouth, he does not go to church anymore. He does not serve the Lord anymore because he watched his mother suffer. I believe she had cancer. And he said he watched how God allowed her to suffer. And he couldn't figure out why he should continue to give his life to the Lord when he let such a beautiful person go through so much. Listen. It takes everything you got and then some to make sure you stay in this game. Trust me when I tell you, because not everybody who's in it, or quote-unquote in it, they don't make it. They don't make it. They don't keep up the fight. Why do you think the Bible says don't grow weary in well-doing? Because even in your well-doing, you can just like, hey, I, I I can't do this no more. Many people have walked away from the church. Trust me when I tell you. They're doing it every day. And here's the problem. Years ago, as pastors, you used to watch them church hop. Ain't no hopping no more. They are hopping out the church, and they're not thinking about the Lord anymore. They're not thinking about These are supposed to be seasoned people in the Lord. They are throwing in the towel. They're not looking to nobody's church. They're not even looking at church on TV. So trust me, it's real. You're going to have to stay before the Lord to make it happen. Stay before the Lord. And I mean stay before the Lord. Put on every part, every every fiber of your being has to stay before the Lord. Trust me when I tell you, you're going to have to be in this thing and find you some partners. Now, I said partners, plural, because one person just ain't going to keep you holding on. They just won't keep you holding on because guess what? When they begin to grow weary, what you got? Who you got? You always have God. You always have Jesus. But, you know, we're here on earth for one another. And sometimes, you know, we put a little much into people on the ground. And they don't always keep up the game. You know how many people I've heard say they don't go to church because they pastor? How many people dealing with this church hurt business? So, yeah, they've they, they been thrown in the towel because, man... Has not done them right. So listen, you're going to have to find you some prayer partners. And you're going to have to go before the Lord and stay there with your prayer partners, with your life partners. You're going to have to get this done. And listen, 
We partner every day here on his due time with Pastor Steph. That's how I make it through. Getting on this broadcast every day is how God has helped me make it through for the past three, almost three and a half years. So listen, come on, let's hold hands and hold hearts and let's get this job done. So when God looks at us, he will say, oh, oh, hear my faithful servant. Here you go. All right? All right. Well, today is Wow Wednesday. And you know how we do over here on this due time with Pastor Steph. The ladies reign. Yes, the ladies have their say today. And I am so looking forward to sharing this platform with my sisters. And, yes, I'm going to give you Vivian in a second. In a second. Hold your horses. Oh, I'm going to give you an opportunity to go get that healthy breakfast. Go tell somebody that it's due time where Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we will be right back. I'm a survivor. I'm a survivor. I'm in my 50s and I had a stroke. My mom had a heart attack. I didn't know high cholesterol is related to heart disease. Or that I have a genetic disorder that causes high cholesterol. I really thought I was too young to worry about it. I just assumed everyone had high cholesterol these days. Good cholesterol? Bad cholesterol? I never understood the difference. I eat pretty healthy, have my oatmeal every morning. It never worried me. I carried my lab script in my purse for a year. Never got it done. I hated having a fast first. I never had time. I never made time. I make time now. I pay attention now. I pay attention now. I pay attention to my cholesterol now. Will you? One in two women has high cholesterol or borderline high cholesterol, putting them at risk for heart disease. For a free tool to track your cholesterol, go to womanheart.org forward slash cholesterol. with Pastor Steph, and today is Wow Wednesday. You know, there are people who are trying to figure out how to get over the hump day. Well, God has already done the job. He's given us his due time with Pastor Steph. It's Wow Wednesday. We don't have no time to worry about how we're going to get over the hump day. No. Because God has given us him to focus on. Mm, one another for us to focus on. And without any further delay, let me give you our girl Vivian with the Socially Conscious segment. Good morning, Viv. 
Good morning. Happy Wow Wednesday. How are you, Pastor Steph? I am well. Thank you, Vivian. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Well, that's good. And what you got for us today? All right. Today on Socially Conscious, the story of the week is this budget cut that the city is calling for in order to continue supporting these migrants. So according to numbers, it is estimated $12 billion will be needed in order to care for the influx of some 10,000 migrants a month. Mayor Eric Adams is asking every agency to submit proposals for up to 15% spending cuts. That includes the Department of Homeless Security. Adams is calling for a mandatory minimum of 5% budget cuts to start, and is saying that by spring, he will be looking for more of a 10% to 15% budget cut. Everyone is coming out of the woodworks about how this budget cut can and will affect them with the New York City schools being the hardest to get hit as they currently receive more than $37 billion a year. Teachers, school officials, and parents are saying we have already had to combine classrooms. There's a shortage of teachers. We've had to pivot last minute. Kids are not going to get the same attention that they did before. There's a very large number of students in each class already. This budget cut will also be um, cutting overtime for a lot of its city workers, which means police officers who have been collecting overtime by working down in the subway system to help make the subway safer will no longer be able to collect overtime. And, I mean, me personally, with this one here, I don't know if this is a bad thing because it doesn't seem like it's helping because the subway is still not safe. I just read a story a while ago while looking for news for today's show, actually, of a 74-year-old man who was pushed onto the tracks unprovoked. But if they were helping at all, that help can soon be lost due to these budget cuts. It is estimated that last year, New York City paid out $2.4 billion of overtime paid to New York City uniforms, which not only included police officers, but firefighters, sanitation workers, paramedics, and correction officers. So let's think about this. We just got through talking about how there is a shortage of correction officers and how prisoners are being locked in their cells for longer periods of time due to to the correction officer's shortage. So how is this going to help that issue? Plus, New York City is trying to crack down on the amount of garbage on the street in order to deal with the rat infestation that is going on everywhere in New York. So by cutting costs with the sanitation department, how is that going to be taken care of? And we just got through telling the story of how paramedics are being attacked 
and are looking for more support, more money, and more laws to protect them. So again, if budgets are being cut for them, how are they going to be taken care of? And it's not only the city uniform employees who are looking for more money, it's everybody. We just got through talking about how the school bus drivers were threatening a strike unless they got more money. Teachers want more money. I mean, everybody is looking for more money. But you are going to take from us to give to them. And this is going to cause a very big problem in more ways than one. And to top all of that off, you have residents in New York City protesting and calling for affordable housing over more homeless shelters. They say enough is enough. Uh, They want, they're saying that they want, quote, we want permanent solutions to homelessness, not expensive quick fixes, end quote. And recently, a $500 million shelter construction plan was given the green light and is currently under construction. It is expected to house 200 women with possibly eight women to a room. The big question on the table is where are these people supposed to go? They can't get out of the shelter system because there is nowhere affordable for them to live if and when they leave the shelter system. And currently it is estimated that there is over 11,000 homeless shelters in America. And again, some people are saying enough is enough. And then I don't even know if that 11,000 is including these emergency shelters and tents and things that they put up for the migrants. So it's just a lot going on with this whole situation. Now, that probably seemed like it was one long story, but it was actually a few stories rolled into one because they all had the same topic. So we're going to go ahead and get on to our wow story of the week, the story of a 25-year-old mother who was training to be a police officer when she was shot and killed by her training officer. On August 4th of 2022, 25-year-old Maria... Morica Manin attended a training session conducted by now former police officer Jesse Porter at the Anacosta Library in D.C. They're saying that this young lady was training to be a special police officer with the D.C. Public Library's Public Safety Division. They say that Porter was assigned to this training session to teach the trainees how to use their baton. And during the end of the session, the trainees were gathering around to take a picture and Porter pulled out a handgun during the session and shot the young lady in the chest. Porter said he was joking around and thought he had a training gun. Mana leaves behind a five-year-old son Porter entered a guilty plea to charges of involuntary manslaughter and unlawful discharge of a firearm in June of 2023, and he was just recently sentenced to three years in prison. That's it. 
So that's just absolutely ridiculous. Of course, her family is very upset nonetheless. And this now five-year-old boy has to live without his mom. The family is dealing with this death and what they feel is unjust for the killing of their daughter and their family member. And it's just a crazy situation. I don't know what kind of game he thought he was playing when he pulled out what he thought was a trainee gun and shot her, but he wound up killing her and only getting three years in prison. But this has been Vivian with Socially Conscious, giving you the news that we are following. And remember, if you have any wow stories you would like to submit, please feel free to direct message me on Facebook. My username there is Vivian BM. And come back every Wednesday to find out if your story has been chosen. Thank you, as always, to our loyal listeners. And thank you, Pastor Steph. Thank you, Vivian. Well, you stole my budget cut uh, story. I definitely had that one. Um, when I saw that the other day, I was like, yeah, we got to, we have to talk about this. Um, yeah. So thank Come you on. so much for your diligence in bringing us our news. I know I'm going to have to come back to you because I was trying, I, I didn't realize you had wrapped everything up so in one story, so I will probably have to ask for some clarity in a little bit, so please, you know, okay. keep your ear to the ground for us meeting you, but thank you so much for your uh, wonderful job, and we pray you have a blessed day if we don't end thank up you. meeting you again. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right, thank you. That was loaded. That was a loaded one. Mm. All righty. Let's get to talking to our ladies. Let's say good morning to our Elder Natisha. Good morning, Elder Natisha. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you and all of my sisters and our listeners. Good morning. How are you today? I am. I'm hanging in there. I'm I'm hanging in there. All righty. So we all going to hang in there with you, girl. We all going to hang in there with you. Well, we got these budget cuts. Now, I, when I read it the other day, I, I just had to sit and look at the article a couple times because we definitely don't need to hear about budget cuts anywhere in this nation, as all we've been talking about for the past couple of months are all of the uh, holes that are everywhere because we don't have enough workers in several areas, and it's across the board. This is crazy. It's almost like everybody stopped working. Well, we have this issue with the mayor asking all these agencies to cut into their pockets, if you will. And police officers, correction officers, our EMT workers, you know, they're just a couple of our firefighters, 
sanitation, just a couple of areas where he's targeting first to cut down on on their overtime because they need to be able to handle the 10,000 people a month that are coming here. So this is a large conversation here, needless to say. Where are we starting? Where are we starting, Elder Natisha? I mean, it, it, this is very, very sad. You know, the Bible tells us that where we uh, spend our riches, where we utilize our riches is where our heart is. And so if we looked at that to be true in this case, then to be pulling from our judicial system, to be pulling from our educational system, to be pulling from all these areas of service where um, the most vulnerable, right, the homeless are the most vulnerable within our communities, as well as our children and their education are the most vulnerable. And the fact that you would take money from places that are already struggling and already to fund, right, which I mean, there's an argument to say unnecessary because we did not have to allow this. We did not have to allow this. And so now you're taking uh, money from needs that already existed in order to fund a new need that is really unnecessary. And so it is It is angering. And the people of New York have every right to be outraged. And I hope that they don't just keep that outraged to social media but that there is action behind it. I hope that that really uh, our police officers, um, you know, begin to speak up, educators begin to speak up. And I know, you know, Vivian was saying that, um, you know, we don't know whether or not it's, you know, the officers down in the subway station, if it's actually making a difference. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, we don't know, but here's what I do believe. I believe that um, it could be so much worse. I think, you know, if we did not have those cops down there, the number of incidences, even though we are still hearing of incidences, I think the number of incidences um, could definitely be much higher than what it was. The way that we started seeing um, the homeless, the mentally ill, just take over the subway station, um, and it, it could be just so much worse off. I would be inclined to believe that their presence is doing a little something. Even if it is just a little something, it's doing something, and and that is needed. And so now to totally remove them is to give way. It becomes a place now for um, just multiple incidents, violence, and things of that nature to take place. So this is really, really scary, but I think it is telling when you're able to take from the most vulnerable areas of of our community in order to apply it to an unnecessary area, it's crazy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Boy, boy, you're talking about robbing Peter to pay Paul. Woo, baby. Let's hear from our girl, Lady Tamika, and see what she has to say about this uh, budget cut and then some. Good morning, Lady Tamika. Good morning. Happy Wow Wednesday to you um, and our ladies, of course, and our listeners. Hope everybody is doing well today. How are you? I am well, thank you. I'm well, thanks. How are you? 
I am doing well, thank you. Good, good, good. What are we talking about here, Lady Tamika? Talking about cutting some money from some serious, serious areas. And I am so very concerned because, um, again, we didn't have to do this. You know, and even if we started, the moment that you saw that it was getting tight and that things were getting complicated, there should have been a way for you to say, okay, this has got to stop. We can't, we can't harbor anybody else. And you're still, the, the, the thing about that is you still haven't stopped. People are still coming as, as we speak. I guarantee you there's a bus somewhere where, you know, people are being placed, you know, and not even placed in a place where you can house them. You know, we, we have seen many of videos and pictures of them laying on our normal sidewalks and streets because there's nowhere else for them to go. And now the, the, the dynamics of what keeps our everything together is now falling apart. You know, you're going into schools, you're going into the police department, probably hospitals, probably postal service, you know, and, and I'm just looking at normal things. Like I'm getting mail now at five o'clock because there's not enough staff to take care of what's happening, you know, or you've got one individual that has more than one route. You know, you've got teachers that um, are staying extra late. You've got hospital staff that uh, are doing double duty. You've got police department, you know, and I'll be honest, you know, I don't travel as often as I used to on the subway, but I'll be honest, you know, just drive, just riding on the train and there is a police presence. You know, it's kind of like, you know, the children are, are all out there together and mom walks into the room. There's a different dynamic, you know, and it's the same thing with the you know, the, the subway, if, if everybody is riding a subway, it, you know, there's a different dynamic when the police presence is there, even if they're not saying anything, even if they're not doing anything, even if they're just standing there, you know, they have to go from place to place as well. And so I will be honest, when I see them on the subway, you know, I'm more comfortable. I'm even more inclined to get in the car where they are because the, the, the likelihood of there being pandemonium or any type of chaos or any acting out is minimized by the police presence. And now you're saying you're going to take that away from me. I already don't feel safe on the subway. And now you're saying, okay, well, we, we need to take budget cuts so that, you know, they won't, they, their presence won't be seen. Mm, really, really concerned for all of the major dynamics, you know, and then if you start with the majors, then you're starting from the major, and then you've got, of course, you're going to have to take from the minor as well. I'm very, very concerned. Mm, absolutely. Uh, that's my word today. Absolutely. Uh, let's see what our girl Shantice has to say. Good morning, Shantice. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I am well, thank you. I'm well, thank you. Glad to hear you're doing well. What do you have to say about these budget cuts and then some? It it sounds really confusing um, to know that we need these essential workers um, we've already heard, as it was stated already, we've already heard about, you know, um, 
protests and, and well, not protests, but um, strikes, strikes and so on and so forth because they're willing to do the job, but they don't feel like they're being compensated enough. Um, and again, the worst thing they could have done was give all that money away during the pandemic and everything that they've been spending money on since. So it's really hard for them to tell us they don't have the money. But now you're willing to pull away from these essential workers to now fund your plan that wasn't really a plan. I think that's really sickening to tell the people that I came up with this or I okayed this or I support this, but there was no real blueprint for this. So our decision now is to have you pay for it. You pay for our idea. You pay for what we wanted. You pay for what is going to benefit us, but may not directly or indirectly benefit you. And I don't know how they expect this to go, <laughs> what, they, what reaction they expect to get, because there have been riots for way less. Um, you know, and riots in many different forms, not even the actual vandalizing of property and stuff. It's just a bunch of chaos and, and even with the protests, they don't even want to see a, a, a protest that is civil and that is calm, which is hard to find. But they don't even want to see people come together for an actual cause that is going to now hold them accountable and all that. So why even put yourself in this position to now have to be confronted? But I, it, it just it sounds horrible. Like, why? how do you expect the people to react and to feel where it's already hard to come by good teachers, decent teachers. It's hard to come by good cops, decent cops. You know, it's hard to come by people who would genuinely love to be firefighters and all of that. Now you're telling them, you don't expect them to quit. So you're telling them, I expect you to work for way less for fun our idea. That's really uh-huh. sick. Again, I say absolutely. I want to ask you ladies something. I'm going to pick your brain a little bit. Kind of a little off, but it's on topic. I remember when the migrants first started coming here. And I, I we did an article, I read an article about the people who were getting off the bus Actually calling back. Now, this is what they told us themselves. They said they had called back and told their people, oh, we're here, it looks good, things are great, come on over. So the other day I was reading an article, and a journalist said at the end of her article, she said, that she has people back in the countries where, in Venezuela, actually, where they're, where they're coming from. And she said that she was told that they had gotten word of the conditions here. It wasn't all of that. They were going, their tents were going up, blah, 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 blah. So I started saying to myself, well, wait a minute. I knew there was word that was going back because they gave word when they got here of how great it appeared to be. So people have been saying 
Oh, you know, they come here and they're expecting to get and they've been promised and it's not um it's not what they think, you know, when they get here and now we've disappointed them because we've given them this picture of all of these beautiful, you know, conditions, these beautiful conditions that are better than where they are, and we've let them down, blah, blah, blah. So now that we officially know, the same way we knew that they were calling back home, telling them, come on over, we have word that they have officially been telling the people, listen, it ain't what you think it is. We're struggling when we get here. How do you feel now about the people who have gotten word? Now, I would, I'm sure, you know, the, the thought is going to be, well, hey, you know, it's, it's still better than where they are. But are we feeling so sorry now that y'all got word? Don't come on over here because it might be better to stay where you are. Because it ain't all gravy when you get here. And I'm going to put that, that question in your lap first, Lady Tamika. Well, I had said a long time ago that, you know, a lot of times. Oh, we lost her. She got disconnected. Shantice, we'll start with you and then we'll go back to Lady Tamika. Okay, so you're asking what do I think about them still coming over now even though they've gotten word that the conditions pretty much are not too different from where they're coming from. Right, and and people are saying I really feel sorry for them. Well, they've gotten word now. You have an option Mm -hmm. to stay back or you have an option to come over. What's your thought? I think some of them, despite them hearing that it's not the dream when they get over here. Um, they still have it in their mind that I'm, going, I'm still going to go to America and I'm going to make this work, I'm going to make this happen. And you still may have the, the other few that could be plotting to come over and not do good. Um, so I guess they figure this is a new place, so this is a new territory for them to wreak havoc to get what they need. But I definitely don't feel like any real heavy, heavy, I wouldn't say at all, but any real heavy, heavy sympathy for that because, you know, if I'm in, I'm going to go here, wherever the here is, and I'm, you know, fortunate enough to get word back, because how are they calling back? They got home. But fortunate to get the word back that um, this ain't, you know, what I think it is, then that should reroute the brain cells and the thoughts, you know, like, oh, dad, well, of course, disappointed because that's the way America is pictured. You know, you come here, you make it, you do what you need to do, and you prosper. But what could you really expect when you've already been given the warning that you might as well stay home because it's not what we always thought it would be and it's not what they told us that we were coming over here to get. So, I really don't see what they're expecting when they get here, when they've already been warned, you know, that <laughs> you might understand what they're make work. Like, stick with the beast that you know, 
don't come over here and then get mad because that's what's happening. They're coming over here and they're getting disappointed and they're getting upset. And again, like how I said, we expect us as the Americans to do with this new budget cut information. What do you expect the migrants to do? What kind of mindset do you expect them to have when you brought them over here on false pretense and now they have to fend for themselves to make it? So it's like, am I going to allow someone else to help to put me in a predicament where I could now mess my life up even more? You know, where I'm where I already am could be inevitable. You know, it could it could be you know, the situations that I had nothing to do with, but I'm not in a good situation right now. But I'm not going to leave here and now go somewhere else where I'm going to be the reason why my life ends up being worse. All right, all right, all right. Lady Tamika, here's the thing. You were right. When you said they're getting off a bus, when I looked at the news on Monday, they said that as of September 2nd, they had taken a picture of the of the families and the people being dropped off that just gotten off the bus. <laughs> I'm saying to myself, Lord have mercy. Are we going to stop this thing? September 2nd, they had, that, that picture was taken. So I go back to asking, y'all still getting on these buses, these planes? Y'all still coming over here? What do you think? I, you know, I, I have said before, um, when they first started coming, I said, you know, there is are a degree of people who have come here from other countries, did not speak their language, and have excelled. You know, they they've done well. You know, but that's not everybody's circumstance, and that's not everybody's situation. You know, um, there are oodles of movies that display that when you come to America, everything is beautiful, even down to something as simple as coming to America, you know. And you think about other movies um, or plays, West Side Story. You know, I, I, I want to be in America, everything free in America. That's a big lie because we know by living here all our lives, everything costs, you know. It costs to pay attention, you know. And so you get here and... Unfortunately, the dream that you believe because you've never been here is now not as, you know, as grandiose as you thought. You know, just because it glittered doesn't necessarily mean that it's gold. You realize that it's just, you know, dust in the wind. But you thought because it glittered at you that you were going to succeed. And I'm not saying that, you know, you will, but I I don't, I also don't know that you won't. Um, But my thing is the more let's just say we all have a part of the pie and the more of the pie you give away, the less you have for those who are sitting at the table and you keep bringing people to the table. That's the part that's, that's concerning. You know, you haven't even tried to find a resolve for those who were already at the table before you added more and they keep coming and they keep coming and the pie and the slices of pie is getting smaller and smaller. And now you're saying in the middle of that, let's just cut this here and let's just, you know, do a shortcut. Do you understand that the dynamics of that is causing chaos? Lord, let's just say, for instance, if you're building a house and you start cutting, you're not going to do this and you're not going to do that and you're not going to follow the protocol that normally would transpire. It's going to be a mess. Can you see what, can you visually see what the building is going to look like if you decide to do cuts? I've watched 
literally a building, one whole wall fell because you decided, oh, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do this. We're not going to call an engineer. We're going to handle it ourselves. And so this is what concerns me, the whole building, you know, all of the parts that keep it together, you know, can literally fall because you decided not to follow the, the, the protocol or at least provide what's necessary so that the building itself can maintain. So the people that are hearing that it's not good, it's not what you thought it was, it's not what it started off being, do you think they should stop coming or do you think they should come on over? Please stop coming. Please stop coming. Pretty please stop coming. All righty. All righty. Elder Natisha. You know, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about, you know, are we how how sorry are we feeling when you get over here? Now, you didn't heard. You've heard. We've got word that you have heard. And you know nothing spreads like wildfire quicker than word. You've gotten word that is not so free here in America. You're going to be taking your chances. What do you, how do you, we can't talk about how they feel necessarily more than how we feel about hearing you coming over here and now everything is happening to us, yeah, and for you as well. Yeah, we've, as a people, <laughs> we've always been like sheep to the slaughter. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's that we believe that one person's story doesn't necessarily have to be ours, right? And so, while, you know, you may have some family members who landed here and are saying, you know what, it's not what we anticipated it to be. It's not going to be as easy as we thought it would be. I think people still, you know, believe that, you know, but we can come together and we could try to figure out a way to, to make it happen. And it's like, but no, it, your, your, your best chances are to work the ground that you are from like work the ground but again that's what takes us into the political climate of where they're coming from you know whether they have a liberal leader or a dictator in place so it just it starts going into to all of that um it, of course on our end of things it would be uh much better if they stopped coming now if you've heard that listen that it's just they're they're unable to house us then common sense would make one say, okay, well, if they, don't, they can't house us and they don't have services available to us, then I'm just going to stay here in, in my homeland as opposed to coming someplace else and struggle. I'm going to struggle at home. But I think this idea of the American dream, it is so powerful. It has been sold so completely that the idea of coming here, I had a cab driver um, for one of my travels and uh Again, they come over here with a plan. The, the idea is if I can just be here for five years and work, and especially in places where the the, the uh, dollar of the United States, our currency, is 10 times, 20 times the value in their country, like that's bananas because what is them working for three years and making $100,000 Sets them up to be millionaires back at home. And I think it's that drive. Like, that's the thing that drives them. 
Not even that they all have plans to stay here. They just want to be able to come here, make the money, earn, you know, the money to be able to take it back to their country because it, it, the value of our American dollar is so much uh, more that they are able to. I'm telling you, this is what he said his plan was. He said, I'm just here. I'm only here for about three years. I plan to be here three years, work as hard as I can, and make as much money as I can so that I can buy my family a house and a car. All they want is a house and a car in their country. That's unbelievable to me, for a house and a car. (laughs) And so, you know, when we think about, okay, but if you're hearing that we can't support you, why are you still coming? Because I think the drive for the American dream, the value of the American dollar, it supersedes common sense. If the goal is, if I could just get there, and if I could just make some money to be able to have enough to live a decent life, they're not even trying to live a, an extravagant life like like we over here in, in, in our Western uh, selves are living. They just want to be able to have a decent life, a house and a car. Mm, yeah. They all come over here with a plan. You're absolutely right. They, they have a plan and we live right here and we don't. <laughs> they do. They come over here with, and they have always come over here with their um, eyes and mindset on the big picture. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know what? They have, in, in, in certain instances, put us to shame. We look mm-hmm. like we're a bunch of lazy do-nothings, um, you know, to them. And, you know, yeah, they plan to come here, and, and they have a five-year plan, and we give birth to kids that don't have a five-minute plan. Yeah. So, you know, this is this, this they they have their eye on a prize, and like you you know like you all have said you know in their head, it still would be better than where I come from because where I come from I couldn't even enact or exact this this five year plan. Mm-hmm. So if I can, you know, um, get money, not only that, they get their money here and send it back home. Mm-hmm. They don't reinvest mm-hmm. it necessarily here. So mm-hmm. not only mm-hmm. are you, you know, in your five-year plan, but you take your money and send it back. Now, who am I to tell you what to do with your money? But when you're taking your money but living off of my benefits, because the benefits that you're getting, our own homegrown people can't even get benefits. They're talking about how the the, the uh, people who have the SNAP benefits, you know, being that they had to stop the extra money that they had been giving them from the pandemic, you know, now these people are going back into hunger and poverty. And... You're now getting ready to offer all these people, you know, benefits. you got to offer them something because you're going to pull in 100,000 people in New York alone. We ain't even talking about outside of New York. You're going to pull in 100,000 people, and you're not going get, get, to give them the health coverage. So we all going to end up dead because they can't get health coverage to help with their illnesses. This is, this is a plan 
quote unquote, gone horrifically wrong. I mean, this here, when you look at the gaping holes that, you know, was in this from the beginning, you wonder who was sitting at the table for this one. How did we get here? What did y'all actually talk about that made somebody press the button and go, okay, we can do this now? Because you're not going to tell me this is all in the hands of a Texas politician who said, send them to New York, send them to California, send them to so-and-so, send them here. You're not going to tell me no one individual had all that kind of power without having some level of support. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's a lot of stuff that has been discussed that we know nothing about. All I know is you couldn't pay me to have this job now because, you know, there's a you know, there's some that say he can't help what's going on, Mayor Adams. There's others that say, oh, yes, he can. So I don't know what his numbers would possibly look like. They did say he is trying to go for another term as a mayor. And, you know, this here, this, this, it's almost like when Giuliani was mayor during 911. And they were like, oh, he did such a wonderful job, blah, 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 put him in office again. And he didn't plan on 911 happening, or did he? But he didn't plan on 911 happening, but neither did Mayor Adams. So, you know, now because of this, you know, if he doesn't have the power or if his power is limited or however have you, let me tell you something. All those people who may have rallied, now you cut nay jobs and they feel you could have done something more than what you're actually doing. <sighs> you know, that, that this, this here, this, this is not going to go well. I have this story, uh, Vivian, before we go to her story. Because this is kind of on the same the same uh, lines of what we're talking about here, <laughs> about the protesters, who they're like, listen, you know, 200 women and eight to a room. I remember, where, where was I? I think I had Tamasia, my last daughter, and I was in Long Island Jewish Hospital, and it was Three on one side, two on the other side in the room. I was like, oh, heck no. No, get me up out of here. No, it's just too much activity. You got six babies crying? No, 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 no. So I can't even imagine, you know, when you are eight to a room in a shelter. Did this here, this, not only that, you're talking about COVID numbers going back up. You're talking, oh, my God, is this going to be a mess? So we're talking about in Staten Island. <laughs> oh, Lord. In Staten Island. Talk about protesting. Oh, they have taken to another level of protest. So here's what one man decided to do. He put out a, he has a bullhorn. <laughs> Some kind of mega system where he has a recording 
So they just recently, not too far from his house, a couple of steps from his house, they've put up a shelter. Or the school, the school, the school. That was one of the first schools in Staten Island that they put up for to put the migrants in. So what he did, he put out some type of sound system that said this shelter is not safe. It has cockroaches. They have rats. Um, they, it's not clean. It's unhealthy. People are getting sick. And it plays over and over and over again. And they showed some women getting out of like a cab service or something, out of cars, with their luggage, ready to check in. And they said one woman actually stopped from go, stopped herself from going in. She took out her phone and she recorded the... The, the message, and they all jumped back in the car and ran and, and, and left. And that was his goal. His goal, <laughs> his goal was to keep them from coming to the shelter. And the police had to be called out, and they told him to turn it down. He had to turn it down. Here's the funny part. They didn't tell him to turn it off. They told him to turn it down. So they were saying he, it wasn't that he couldn't play it. He just couldn't play it. They said it was at the decibel of a rock concert. <laughs> he was making sure they heard this message. And he's scaring them off from coming and, and, and entering into the shelter. And like I said, it's worked because they have watched several people leave. So... They started, at the, I guess the journalists, they started asking people, what do you think? Do you think this was good? Do you think this was fair? Do you think this was nice? And the other residents, they were like, no, it wasn't really nice, but <laughs> we understand. And so they asked him, where did you get the information that you're putting out? And he said, they said it was lies. And he said, no, it wasn't lies. He said he told them to go back to the city, go back to Manhattan, and go to the Roosevelt Hotel or go to whatever hotel that, and this is on the barn, this is on the, the mega thing, go back to the city where they can house you and where the conditions are better because out here it, it, it's not good. And he said he took the information that they had actually given about another shelter, and he said, I wasn't completely lying, <laughs> that, hey, that's what's happening in some of the shelters. So I was just telling them what the reality is. And one of the things he got, they were kind of upset about was they said, you're saying go back to the city like Staten Island is not part of the city. Well, you know how people in Staten Island feel. Let's just say what it is. I don't have to tell you that this was somebody from the other side of the fence. I don't have to tell you that either. Because had it been one of us, they would have been arrested. I don't even have to, that is no doubt in my mind. So, I wanted to know what you ladies thought of that movement. You know, I'm just I'm just curious. Um, you know, what what what's your thought?
when you hear that you know this is what they've this is what they've uh, 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 what they've come to. We can't. We're not protesting again because they have been protesting out of Staten Island in droves. They've been protesting, but now they're on to new tactics. Lady Tamika, I'll take you first. Um, so, of course, I don't think that that was the right thing to do, um, broadcasting it like that. And, you know, uh, I guess in that sense, you ensure that whatever you have stays and you don't gain any more. You know, I, I know if I had gotten there and I heard that, I I would definitely leave. You know, I, I want to make sure that, you know, as safe as I can, you know, I, I when I move into a residence, I want to be as safe as I can. And you're telling me there's all kinds of sicknesses, cockroaches. I'm exposed to more than I would think that I would be exposed to placed in that. And so I think that that's wrong. I understand the motion or the reason why you did it, but that still doesn't legitimize um, what was done. All righty, all righty. Chartese, what's your thought of this new tactic of getting rid of the migrants, at least out of your neighborhood? I love it. Oh! I love it. <laughs> you know, it, and, and I, I, miss, I miss the part of um, it being for, I don't know how I miss the part of it being for the migrants, because um, my head just went to in, in general, and my mind just immediately went to what I've experienced personally and the question you asked a little while ago, Pastor Steph, as far as you've gotten word that conditions here are not only what we didn't expect, but they're bad. And what I've witnessed up close is people having all kinds of warnings, all kinds of whatever. And now if he, if he stated this and he was lying, then that's terrible. You know, just because you don't want whether it's the migrants or even if it was, um, you know, people who were from there like you, but you just don't want them there, so now you're just putting this on blast and you're lying about the conditions because you don't want them there, that, that's terrible. If these are true conditions, if this shelter is really nasty and it isn't um, worth anyone living there, you wouldn't even stay there because the conditions are horrible, then absolutely, because it is not it, – it's putting – the powers that be on blast, first and foremost. You are telling them to come and stay in this place where the living conditions are not even somewhere where you would stay, whether it was by choice or if you had to. I'm with it. Unless he was lying. Unless he was well, lying. He, okay, no. so that's what I'm saying. So he is, he's, he is lying. He's not, it's not that particular. When they asked him where did he get it from, where did he get that information from, you, you're not a migrant. You ain't been on the inside. Did they come out and tell you what it looked like, okay. what the conditions are? Okay. He said, well, I'm not really lying. He said because there are some of the migrant shelters that have rats and, and cockroaches and it's the conditions are not good. That may not be here, but I'm letting them know. Okay. So do you okay, change so, your... so he lied. So no, so that so that's just a matter of you not wanting them there. Well, I can understand that, but you cannot lie. <laughs> you cannot give false information just because you want to drive these people out of your community. 
if you were warning them because it's like, listen, I wouldn't even stay here, then that's something completely different. That's something because sometimes it, if those are true living conditions, a lot of times people ain't listening until you you do a tactic like that, until you pull off the bullhorn, until you like, hello, hello, open your eyes, like you want to be eaten up, you want to be eaten alive, then come stay here. But if you're just lying because your preference isn't to have them there, then absolutely not. No, you you can't lie. And, and say that this is happening just because I don't want to get up and walk outside my home and see you. No, you, you can't do that. Oh, I thought I had to take you back to Jerusalem, to the to the water where Jesus was baptized. <laughs> no. and, see, and see, I didn't even and see, I, I didn't I didn't even hear that, but I, I kept I kept feeling because you know you you know how a lot of people feel. You know, it's like okay, I don't I don't feel like they should be where I live and so on and so forth. Okay, that's fine, good for you. But you can't now give false information because you just don't want them around. You, you, you can't. You can't do that. Oh, there's hope for you. <laughs> of course there is. Stop stepping my progress. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. My heart was palpitating over here. Oh my goodness. Oh, after that, Tisha, did your heart stop beating so heavily? Um. Well, what, what do you have to uh, say about <laughs> Sir, Sir, Sir uh, I was Bullhorn? Like, I was like, oh, so this is endorsing liars. No, no. I, I knew I understand because, as, as to her point, right? Um, we 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 could applaud on some level his um, being proactive and his creativity and him getting out and doing something about it instead of just being like, you know, with most people and just posting on social media and not doing anything about it. I appreciate his effort. That man went out and found the loudest system he could find. (laughs) He went and got, like he put some effort into protecting his community, which is more than what can be said for many people. You know, and I know that um, Staten Island is a very, like, it's a niche community. You, like, they are a very tight-knit community, and and they don't even, you know, really want outsiders um, as a part of their community. So um, I'm not even shocked that, you know, this was the type of effort (laughs) that was put in, um, that was put into this. But, I I mean, of course, you know, it's not the right way to do it. I mean, even if he had quoted it differently by saying statistics show that in most of these shelters, right, like even (laughs) if he had that clause in it, (laughs) that would have have changed. But I do, I mean – I appreciate the fact that he put effort in trying to protect his community because as we've talked about in so many other of the broadcasts, you know, when you bring, you know, people into your community, you just don't know what the impact of their presence is going to be. Are they going to bring drugs? Are they going to bring crime? Are they going to, you know, bring um, hazards and, 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 uh, you know, just danger to your community. And again, you want to protect your most vulnerable. How far is this shelter from the schools? Right? And, and, and I mean, so you just don't know. When you open up your doors, just fling your doors wide open, you don't know the impact of the individuals who you are inviting into your community. And we all ought to be vigilant 
to, to that magnitude. We should care enough about our communities to say, no, we're not going to do that. We don't want it here or at least be able to, to have some say-so in where these um, shelters can be placed and, and where you know, uh, these people are, are like, what, what are the, 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 the boundaries for where they're able to travel and stuff like that until we're able to do some assessment? We just, because we don't know. We start seeing an a, a incline of monkeypox, you know, like just all kind of different things that right. we've never heard of. And then we start trying right. to figure out where happened, how they get here right now. Right. You know, nobody knows where the lantern fly came from. Is it is it possible right. that the lantern flies were in the luggage of all of these people that you yep. brought in from another country. Yep. We don't know. We yep. don't know. So yeah. I, I, you know, it, it may have been the wrong way to go about it because he had false information, but I definitely can appreciate his creativity and his effort to protect his community. You know, it, it, there's a lot to be said about the, the particular, again, the, the, the tactic as well as the information. And that's why I, I brought it to you, ladies, because I also wanted you to speak to the the listeners. And you did very well with, you know, yeah, you know, we, we, we just can't bust out and do anything and everything. You know, again, have a plan. And and I laughed. When I, I, I cracked up when I actually read, and it showed <laughs> Him, there was a picture of him standing with two police officers, and he just says, "She didn't look on his face like, oh well, I did what I what I needed to do." And you know, again, you know, you have to think about people are tired, and when you press people who are already tired, what do you get? You know, unfortunately, you know, you have others who have you know responded in other ways. Where you think that the shootings and all kinds of things come from it. Does they, they, you know? You don't think it's right, you know? They have their reasons for doing what they do, and you know, in their way, they're tired in their, of, of something could be completely unrelated to the people who they went out and shot. But they were tired. They they were uh, mentally pressed. Whatever the situation was, and he actually. Did what he did, which I agree wasn't bad. But hey, they said it was so loud. That's what really made me laugh. It was so loud, it was to rock concert um, decibels. And I said, well, he was going to make sure everybody heard that before you even crossed the Verrazano Bridge. You was going to make sure you heard that announcement. So, you know, I- I'm-, I'm very happy you ladies, you know, put it out there the way you did. You know, let's 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 think about. And, and put a plan together. And, you know, because we have to do something. We cannot just sit back and just shake our heads and, you know, be angry. We have to do something. And, you know, he did. He didn't. Unfortunately, it wasn't accurate. And, you know, I thought about when Shanti said, oh, I'm with it, or however she said it. The first thing I thought about was, oh, my Lord, you will have these people running all over the place because everywhere they go somebody's going to chase them away so they can't put their bags anywhere because they're going to be running all over the place like cockroaches and i go back to saying the same thing about the the medical care you know here we are we're letting all these people in they are not medically cleared and what are we going to be 
facing because there's no way in the world we're not going to have some next level of outbreak. You know, you've been talking about the, the, the came over from Asia, the, the, the uh, COVID. Woo! Lord only knows what's going to happen when something hits the air from these droves of people. And again, they're all being continued. You're talking about a thousand beds in one spot. You're talking about families, just about a whole bunch of people in one place, and you're letting them out into the communities. They're going into the schools, all of this kind of stuff. And we are very vulnerable, and people don't want it. And and listen, as an American, I I get it. I get it. But, you know, for those of us who do, you know, you have something on a piece of paper, let's make sure if it's in your mind on a piece of paper, on a computer, wherever it is, make sure it's legal. Make sure that it's godly. Make sure, you know, that it's something that he would approve, you know, with. You know, we're not out here creating and wreaking havoc because we can't bless God or God's people like that. And, you know, for, you know, in defense of the of the migrants, they were promised something that was better than where they are. Who would not jump for that? Not you, not me. Somebody said, you know, hey, go over here. The, the jobs are better, blah, blah, blah. If you could, you would. The money is better. If you could, you would. Think about some of the stuff you've made moves on because you were told it was better. Some, I've watched people leave good jobs because they thought that another job was better and ended up jumping from the fire pan to the fire. All because they thought the grass was greener on the other side. So initially you cannot get upset with them for, for, for hearing that, you know, everything is free in, in America and they ran over here. You can't blame them because we, we do the same thing. Now we would. We do the same thing just in other ways. But now, excuse me, that you've heard, you may actually end up walking into worse conditions than what you're leaving. So hopefully somebody would get a thought and take heed to the warning and and definitely get, you know, a better thought. And listen, here's my thought. We need just dumped a whole lot of our countrymen, they over there in America, then maybe we can do something a little better here in, in our country. Less people. Maybe a different opportunity. Let's now get a plan together and let's, you know, uh, uh, tend to this, you know, part of the earth a little differently. And maybe the conditions may be a little better when it's all said and done for for us now that a lot of people ain't in no more. All right. Does the punishment fit the crime is what I always ask as Vivian has told the story about the training officer who kills this 25-year-old training officer, mom, you know, when he thought it was even a good idea to pull out a trainee gun. During the time when they were going to take a picture, he shot her in the chest, and he's now sentenced to three years in prison. 
Does the punishment fit the crime, Elder Natisha? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. First of all, right, I had to go and look at this story. So he's a retired CIA um, intelligence officer. Wow. So wow. your training, your training, and your years of training should have wow. given you better things wow. than you any type of weapon in a wow. place. Wow. Do not utilize a weapon in a playful manner. Are you kidding me? Wow. Right below that story is another story about people who got 10 years, 10 and 12 years of prison time for uh, defrauding the United States because they they cheated with their taxes. They got 10 years, but this man took a life and can get three years. And of course, it's based on the fact that of his service. And he can and his ability to just simply say, "Oh, it it was an accident." Because I went and looked first. I wanted to see because I couldn't tell by the name whether we, you know, there were some um, racial differences, right? If there's even space for potentially that conversation. Um, so that's initially why I went because I wanted to see. So we know the young lady is black, but I still I haven't been able to locate a picture of him to see what his ethnicity is. But wow. regardless of, of of anything, the fact that you have had years as a CIA agent and you don't know uh, the, wow. the, the, the and the carefulness of operating, the carelessness and recklessness that you operated wow. in with, with, a, with a weapon, and whether you thought it was training, whether you thought it was blanks in it or not, to take out a weapon and point it. We don't even want to. We teach our children wow. to not play Thing by pointing at people, we teach our kids that. Wow! Wow! Person aiming a weapon at someone? Are you kidding me? That's some part of this doesn't sound. I don't know. I don't know. That's why I want to know: is there room and is there space for another conversation? Is this another racial situation? Because that does not make sense to me. That don't make sense to me. But and, and even the fact wow. that he would only get three years, again, continues the conversation when somebody else can get 12 years for defrauding the United States, but you can get three years for taking a life. Wow. What are you saying? <laughs> wow, wow, wow. CIA servicemen, ex-CIA servicemen, mm-hmm. horrible, horrible. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, this is this is this is big. This is big. This is big. Lady Tamika, what do you say? Now that we've been given that piece of information. Mm. Okay, so I'm just going to do both sides. Even without that information, anybody who owns a gun will tell you there are, there's one thing that you don't do. And that's pointed at another individual. You don't load it, pointed at somebody else. You don't even hand it to somebody. And it, it's it's like handing a, a set of scissors with the point towards a person. You do you never do that. You know we currently have a a gun in our home, and the one thing that you never do is pointed at someone. Not in jest, not in passing, not at all. 
you know, and there have been so many different things that we've seen on, on television. Um, I can't think of the actor right now, but it eludes me, uh, who accidentally shot a, uh, another co-star. You know, there, there are all types of incidents that, that can happen. And you thought in your bright mind that this was something, to, oh, well, this is something to play with. In your adulthood, now that we're going to add the fact that he's a CIA, oh, my gosh, yeah. Three years, we just talked about it on Monday, how officers and those in position are getting slaps on the hand for things that other individuals would serve life or at least a minimum of 15 years to life. And now for, three, for taking an entire life in a game that you thought was cute, you get three years. Un- completely unbelievable. Wow. I was going to bring up to Shantice, um, Alec Baldwin. That's what you're talking about, because we spent quite a few episodes talking about Alec Baldwin and how they were just, they were just ready to send him to the gas chamber for the fact that it was a prop gun. He didn't know it was loaded with, with live ammunition. It went off. It shot the, one of the the staff members, and they they this was a long oh this gosh they were in they were in court for a long time mm-hmm. over this, and now you have this individual training officer, and like you said, uh, 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 Lady Tamika. If we even left it at a training officer is one thing, but when you, ex, you know, you, you really push the, the, the information. Shantees, what you got? Three years. It, it definitely sounds like there's something behind that because you, as it was said, and I agree, this is something that you did for a living. This is something that you did or do for a living. You know the hazards of y'all. From my understanding, when you're a cop, you're trained and you're told that once you pull your weapon, you can't now put it back in your holster unless you use it or once you put the suspect in the handcuff or however it goes. So why would you think it would be okay to play around with a real gun, even if you were by yourself? Even if you were in your own home, and we see it all the time in movies and in TV shows, they'd be in the mirror and they'd be pulling the gun out and act like they're in the Western and all this. And then sometimes the, the, the gun goes off, you know, and they end up shooting the ceiling or shooting the mirror or something like that. That's dangerous. That's stupid. But for you to now pull this on someone, so who are you training? Who? How, how am I supposed to be training you in not only how to conduct myself in the street as a cop, but how to conduct myself with my weapon, but now I'm playing with my weapon. I've done this before. I've played around like this before. No one else just, no one else got hurt before and or just no one else has said anything. This is not your first time playing like this. I am a tra- I am training you, which means I'm supposed to have the knowledge, discernment, and wisdom to now pass down to you. So even if she did not um, die after he shot her or if he didn't end up shooting her, how are you supposed to be a teacher? That's like a teacher in a school teaching all the kids to throw the textbooks out the window. Well, you don't need this. Let's just throw it. It's like what, what sense does this make? So we have time to play. We have time to play. 
with the cops that are needed now because of all the things going on in the streets, wherever the streets are, whatever state, whatever country, everything's going on. We have time to now play around and play around with weapons. It definitely sounds like there's something going on behind. He probably meant to shoot her and now hide behind. It was, I was playing. I don't know. It, it just sounds like something. And then for him to only get three years, because in my opinion, that should go down for like if it was intentional off the bat. Because when you disarm your weapon, there's a chance that something's going to happen with this weapon. So what if you pulled it out now and, and you call yourself playing and there was a child for some reason? Out of nowhere, a child popped up and now you ended up shooting a child. That That is crazy. Oh. You know, it's funny because that was my thought. My thought was, even if you pulled it out and no one got shot, you automatically should be dismissed from your training right. duty. It, it, right. It, it, to, to make matters worse, someone did get shot. To make matters worse, you have been trained. This is what you did. So every little piece you add to this makes it worse and worse and worse. But when Vivian first said it, and she was like, oh, he, when they were taking the picture and then he pulled it, I'm like, okay, he automatically needs to lose his job. He needs to now go back and he needs to be trained. And when she said the next part, I was like, what? I, I, I was in disbelief. And I'm like, wow. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Just, and again, I thought about Alec Baldwin. I was like, oh, they was ready to fry him for real. Mm-hmm. And they, they gave this one three years. I don't know. I don't know. I, I won't say that there was something that, you know, an angle more than you were flexing. That's what I believe happened. He was flexing, trying to be cute, trying to, you know, show what he could do, what he has done, and it went horribly wrong. Your flexing went bad and bad quickly. We've, we've got a little bit of time. Uh, hopefully we can keep everybody on this line because I, we do have enough time to just – all of this kind of goes to – you know, the the topic of being teachable. You know, it was about training going wrong. So clearly people need to be taught and you need to be teachable. But you have to have a willing heart in order to be teachable. Yes, I'm switching gears, I'm switching gears fast. But, you, you know, to, to be, just to live in this life, period. Forget about even going as far as saying to be a child of God. But just to operate and to mature properly, you must be teachable. But in order to be teachable, the first item they have, you must have a willing heart. Lady Tamika, we're going to start with you. Yeah, you have to be open to, um, open and available to, to be teachable. You know, I, <laughs> I, I think about, um, I um, help people with fitness. You know, and some people look at me and they go, excuse me, how did you do something such and such? You know, you, your body looks great and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, thank you. You know, and then they ask, how did I, you know, get to that point? And I say, well, you know, here's here are the steps that you need to do. You know, you can do this, you can do that. You know, you can, uh, you know, of course, drink more water. As soon as I say something as simple as drink more, oh, I don't want to do that. I, I, but you ask. You know, and so, um, especially with fitness, you know, um, you have to have a mindset. You have to make yourself available 
to what I'm telling you. I'm showing you. It's not as though I'm saying do this, do that, do that, and I've never done it. I'm standing before you accomplished in the thing that I decide, decided, desired to do. So you're looking at me. You're looking at the finished product, and then you say, oh, well, I don't want to do that, or I don't want to take the steps to do that. Oh, it's too hard. You haven't even taken the, the first step. Or here's the other thing, I can't do that, or I'm not able to, or you, you haven't, or I don't like such and such. Wait a minute. You know, you, you ask somebody, you like macaroni and cheese? No. Have you ever eaten macaroni and cheese? No. So how do you know that you don't like it? You know, Absolutely. and we are, we are honestly, you know, bad with that. We won't try it. We want to get to the finished product. We won't try it. Because automatically, before we take the first step, ah, oh, you know, we have a million excuses. And so making yourself available and open to the possibility and trying and attempting is crucial. Absolutely, absolutely. Shanti, I'm going to give you, and Tamika stepped into quite a few of these points here. Sorry. But you got to learn to listen. In order to be teachable, you have to learn to listen. She just said it. Shut up and listen. <laughs> I, you can't. And the ones who need to listen are the ones who ask the questions. How are you asking the questions <laughs> if you don't want to listen to the answer? It's like, <laughs> how, how, does, how does this work? How does you're asking the questions, and I agree with you, Pastor Steph, this before you even introduce God into the equation. He has put it on your heart to ask the question because you need the answer because you don't know. Or you've already been told this, but you willingly exit out your brain, which means you don't know anymore. Please be reminded. You ask, I can't tell you how many, how many times I've gotten like, so what you think? And I'm like, okay, cause, yeah, because I was thinking who cares what you think? You ask me what I think. <laughs> I don't need you. I don't need to hear you answer your own questions. Like, if that's the case, then you need to look in the mirror and talk to yourself. I, I, don't, I don't need you to do You have to learn to shut up, not be quiet. Really shut up so that you can get the information that you need. No one has ever learned anything by talking all the time. Because you don't know what you're talking about. And once you understand that you don't know what you're talking about, then you will grab the concept of listening. You cannot listen. You cannot hear when you're talking because all you hear is yourself. So you could be asking a question and you could be getting the best answer and advice that is personalized for you. But because you got to answer your own question, you ain't listening to nothing. So you just under, grab the concept of shutting up so that you can get what you need in order to get to where you need to be. You cannot be taught if you do not listen. All righty, all righty. Elder Natisha, accept correction. Oh, no. do we fail miserably there? 
Yeah, no, you know, I, I think there is so much involved when we think about the idea of accepting correction because we we want to be right in our own in our own right in our own wisdom. We really want to function from this place of um, not being told what to do, <laughs> and and I think that actually. This keeps us in a bubble. It keeps us small. It doesn't allow room for growth. And so correction comes. The Bible says that God chastens who he loves, right? And I I do think that we have to be careful with where we're getting the correction from. I think, you know, if if you are able to, as the, the, the older folks used to say, take the meat and spit out the bones, like that is more profitable for us as people to be able to, hear correction, and then move forward with that wisdom, move forward with that knowledge. Wisdom, I mean, people sharing this information um, really comes from mistakes that they've made, holes that they've fallen into, and now we're trying to help you to not make the same mistakes or fall into the same hole. And so if I'm correcting something that you, your mind is thinking about something wrong, you're processing something wrong, your attitude about something is wrong, but you want to be right in your own foolishness, Love, gotta love Proverbs. It says, "How long, you simple one, will you be stuck in your simplicity?" Right. This, this is the reason why I love the Bible. It's like, "How long, you simple one, will you be stuck in your simplicity?" Don't be stuck. Let's be motivated to be better. And the first part of being better is when we are able to receive wisdom from those who have gone through some things. And when they offer correction, it is not to kill you. It's not to destroy you. It's not to break you. It's not to supersede, you know, who you say you think you are. Put your ego down. This is not about your ego. Put your pride down. Put your fragile self-esteem. Put that down. And listen to what someone is saying to you because that is how you are able to grow. We are too fragile. We've got to get stronger. Your, your self-esteem is too fragile. That's the reason why you can't listen to instruction because you're so fragile. Let's get stronger. Let's, let's learn something from those who've gone before us and be better. Absolutely, Amen. ladies. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I got a, I got a quick second. Let me throw this one at you. Learn from everyone. Y'all are stepping all over the place. Y'all are stepping all over the place. But at least we have an opportunity to kind of hone in on these points. Learn from everyone, uh, Lady Tamika. I think you have to be governed on, you know, learning um, those that are are there to help you because sometimes. <laughs> you say, oh, that's my friend, and, and, you know, they wouldn't lead me astray. Now, our perception of friendship and their perspective, perspective of friendship could be entirely different. So you're looking towards this individual, you know, to learn from, and in actuality, they get you to a point, and then, you know, they they, <laughs> they sell you to Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> now you broke and trying to figure out what, what happened, you know. So you have to be very careful as to who you choose to, to learn from. And then when you, you know, try and get people that you can uh, be mentored, um, those that speak life to you, you know, anyone that every time you talk to them, they're, they're speaking defeated words or they're showing defeated action, then you don't want to follow that. Choose who you will um, follow and learn from and stay in that way. All righty. Shantice, find delight. <laughs> Find the light if you want to do in order to be teachable, you gotta find the light. 
Oh, find the light. Find D-Light. No, find D-E-L-I-G-H-T, D-Light. Oh, okay. So, like, pleasure, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, so in order to be teachable, you can't live in hostile situations all the time. (laughs) That ain't going to do nothing but to be hostile. Like, for real, like, you are like, I'm sitting, yo, it's, I've come across so many people who I want. I want to. I want to get better. I want to get better. But you always mad, <laughs> and you always mad. You keep yourself in mad situations all around mad people. How do you want to learn? You only going to learn to be more mad. Like I don't know what else you expect to learn. I'm. It's like I don't understand. You have to find the life. <laughs> You have to find the light, and the D light, and the light, and the light, and the D light. Okay, you cannot keep yourself around foolishness because it's only going to continue to breed foolishness in you. If you do not, if you don't care to find peace, if you don't care to find tranquility, if you don't care to find a smile, you're not going to learn anything other than the opposite of delight. So stay away from the hostile situation. <laughs> Learn to find peace. Learn to find where God will just have you smiling. And you're like, what, what am I smiling about? It is very possible. But you, you cannot learn anything outside of hostility if you do not find pleasure, if you do not find just a simple, ordinary day that will lead to a simple, ordinary life. Oh, amen. <laughs> amen. That's why I laugh, because it is just, just so true. Uh, uh, Elder Natisha, this is a, a twist, and it's funny that it comes around at the end. It says, share what you learn. How does that help us to become teachable? I, I, I guess I'm full of Bible today because that takes me right back to the Word of God that where it says that there is no wise, intelligent guidance. Um, where there is no wise, intelligent guidance, the people fail. But where there is a multitude of counsel, there is victory. And so I think that that talks about that interdependence that, that, that God calls us to. You know, we shy away from church. I heard you start off the broadcast this morning talking about, you know, people who have left the church because pastors have have failed them. And I think the mistake about church is the fact that all of the emphasis has been on the pastor instead of the the community itself. That's right. And that is the beauty of of being a part of church, is that you are a part of a community. You have minded individuals who are able to be a part of this hard journey being one who has to carry your cross it is not easy you need cheerleaders you need people that saying you can mm-hmm. do it you need prayer warriors you need mm-hmm. people applauding saying you are doing mm-hmm. a great job i see you smiling through your pain you are doing great we mm-hmm. need people we need mm-hmm. people we need other as much as the enemy has tried through even some of the tactics within the church to put us in siloed places to mm-hmm. keep us 
individual islands, if you watch Animal Channel, you will find that the ones that the lions and the tigers go after is the one that wanders off from the group. That's right. That's right. Don't wander off. Don't shut off from the group. Don't close your ears to the group. Be open. Join community. I know the pastor may have failed. I know there may have been some people in the church that failed. Mm-hmm. But fine. Keep going until That's you right. find those ones That's that right. you can trust. Help to encourage you and undergird you because we need each other and that is how we're going to stay in this race. So don't cut yourself off. Listen to other people. People who have wisdom, people who have integrity, people who have a prayer life, people who are governed by God. Not just any people, but those whose life and fruit you are able to see. Amen. Amen, 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 ladies. As always, look how we wrapped up the crazy news. Look how we wrapped up the Mm -hmm. crazy news. You've done a phenomenal job as always. You've blessed our listeners. Thank you so much for your contribution into today's conversation, and we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you. You too. Bless you, you ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's get that benediction. Let's get that benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you. And give you peace. Number six twenty four twenty six. Hmm. You know, we get this news every day. We comment on the news every day, and I have to tell you, you know, it's 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 helped me to become stronger over the years. It it has helped me to see my shortcomings more and more every day. It's helped when God has snatched me in my collar to accept correction every day, more and more every day. And, you know, I've been praying about something, and I've been, and it's been a minute, I've said, you know, God, I want to make sure I'm not coming off as a know-it-all. I'm not coming off as an individual who's talking as though, you know, I've done nothing and, um, you know, nobody can tell me anything because I I know it all and I didn't been there. And, and the Spirit of the Lord it just keeps repeating the same thing to me. But I keep making sure I'm at that altar, making sure, God, I want to be humble. I want to be confident, but I want to be humble. I don't want to, you know, it's like, well, I know, I know, I know. And the Lord said, I put you before people who can learn from you. And and I'm, I'm telling you exactly what the Lord gave me. He says, you have never had a problem sharing what you know. As soon as you've learned, he says, I've given you that. And you've never had a problem with sharing what you know. I've always been a more private individual. I don't share my business. But God has even had to work with me on that. And one of the things that I've never been able to tolerate, I've never been able to tolerate, because I guess God, I've, I've just been blessed like this. I've always, and you hear me say this all the time, I always have put myself and surrounded myself around people 
I sought after people who knew more than Stephanie. And I didn't have a problem with them telling me things, and I would be able to pick up. You know what? I didn't know that, so I'm, I'm going to follow that. And when I sit with the ladies on Wednesdays, when I sit with the due time crew on Mondays, when I sit with the pastors on Tuesday, when I sit with maybe a guest on Thursday, when I sit with the men on Friday, I am so blessed to be, to be in the company of just people who know more than I do. People who have had different experiences than I have. And I cannot tolerate people who are, are who are in need, but your pride, your 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 ego is standing in the way and you can't adjust to, and understand when God is trying to reroute you and you are destroying yourself. I have no patience for that. I just don't. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. Especially when it comes to people of God. And that's really who I'm talking about because you know, as my grandmother always said, people are sinful. You expect them to do sinful things. They belong to the enemy. They're going to do those things that the enemy does. For people who are supposedly in the Lord, I cannot take it. You can't take correction. You, you When someone's saying something to you, and it doesn't even, doesn't even have to be correction. But just Listen, I'm sharing with you what the Lord has done. I'm sharing with you what the Lord has given me. I'm sharing you with you what I'm watching. I'm, watch, I'm, I'm telling young people, yo, I'm looking at some big, stupid senior citizens, and I'm going to use that word because the Bible says that if you don't like, if you have a hard time accepting instruction, you, that's a stupid person. And I'm watching senior citizens. I don't care nothing about they're talking about. I don't like the change, and I don't like this, and I don't like that. Stop, stop, stop. Too many older people feel like they have come so far, and, you know, I, 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 I've lived long enough to be able to talk the way I want to talk. That, that's not godly. Because half the stuff you're talking have, has nothing to do with the Lord, has nothing to do with advancement. What you're saying is you don't like change. How could a person who says that they are in the Lord not like change? One of the things that the Lord does in your relationship with him is there's a constant evolving. There's a constant growth. There's a constant change. I can't imagine saying I'm, I have a relationship with the Lord and I'm still at 56 the way I was at 46. Are you kidding me? It's very difficult for me to watch people who say that they are in the Lord. They cannot deal with the mirror being put up in front of them and they cannot take correction. I don't care how gently you give it to them. I don't care what soft words you use. I don't care if you use show and tell and you don't use no words. First you show them and it's just this this pride and this ego that's taking you on a road to hell. And if you're smart if you're smart, you'll get on the bandwagon. You'll jump on the bandwagon, and you'll learn to be teachable. You have got to be teachable until the day God closes your eyes, because the day you stop being teachable is the day you stop growing. And 
people who don't like growth, they're cowards. And from what I read in the Word of God, that God says cowards will not enter into the kingdom. Well, guess what? There's a whole lot of ways to be a cowardly lion. Ooh, did I just say that? Yeah, you got a whole bunch of uh, a bass in your voice, but you're a chicken and a coward behind the scenes. And if you think about the Wiz with Diana Ross and and Michael Jackson, I love the role that Ted Ross played as the cowardly lion because at one point he was trying to base all up, and they just read him all the way. So, yo, sit down. We're all here for something. You need some courage. You, you, you ain't all about that life. So cut it out. <laughs> well, that's what God is saying to you today. You're not all about that life. You need to be on his road. You need to be on the road to being teachable. And if you're going to be teachable, by all means, you need to have a willing heart just to be open to learn to be teachable. All right? Well, you have to learn to listen. Like Shanti said, a closed ear never gets fed. Yeah, I'm I'm going to shift that one a little bit. A closed ear never gets fed. You can't hear, you can't grow, you can't learn, you can't do anything. Learn to ask some questions. Learn to ask some questions and pose the correct question. Don't just ask any old question. You ever see people just ask questions just to be asking? They just like to ask questions. Stop, 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 stop. Because you're going to find yourself wasting a lot of time. You're not going to grow. You just want to see the wind, the, 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 the spinning wheel. Learn to ask questions. Learn from everyone. Let me help you with something. You can learn something from everybody. I'm sorry. Not only the smart people. You can learn something from the people that's not so smart. Learn what not to do. Ooh, yes, I said it because that's the first thing that came to my mind when I read it. I was like, yeah, you can learn from everybody because, see, when I watch you, I already know what I shouldn't be doing. When I look at the seniors who are still supposedly in the Lord, but they're not going anywhere, I have learned, Lord, I need to be on my knees asking you to help me not to be like that. Learn from every single individual. Learn from the children. When I watch my granddaughter, when I watch the children in the church, oh, they, they don't realize I'm watching what they're doing and I'm watching what they're not doing. And as a leader, I'm watching what they're doing as children because I need to be able to know how to advise them. Learn from everyone. You can't know everything and everybody, everybody can teach you a lesson. Trust me, everyone can teach you a lesson. Find the light in everything. Even the Bible tells us to find the light, rejoice during times of trials and tribulations because it teaches endurance. If you're always mad, you're going to surround yourself, like Shanti said, with mad people, and you're not going to see the good in anything. You ever watch the person, everything you say, they've got something negative to say, and I'm like, yo, are you tired already? Share what God gives you. Share what God gives you. Share what he gives you. I promise you, you won't go wrong. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit as you go through your day. Be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember... 
Prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph, and I'm signing off. I want to thank my due time crew, the ladies, for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us. Please do not miss this opportunity to accept Christ in your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen that relationship with the Lord right now because later it's not promised to anybody until tomorrow God spares where it's Therapeutic Thursday. Until then, 